Hey y'all, welcome back to Spark Sessions Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and joining with us. Michelle and I had an opportunity to speak with a new friend of ours named Miriam Espayat. Miriam is a licensed clinical social worker and also the co-founder and director of community for Ray Doll Hospitality. If you are in the Charlotte area, then you may have had some of their delicious food at Sabor or Three Amigos or La Caseta. And Miriam has a really interesting perspective about how she uses social work skills in a setting where we might not always think about social workers being. So she stands kind of as a bridge between um, two industries that may not seem like they go together, but actually work very well together. So we're really excited to share this with you. Here's Miriam. Welcome back to Spark Sessions Podcast. Michelle and I are so excited um, to have a new friend on with us today, Miriam Espayat. Miriam, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you all. I'm excited for you to be here. And I think people are going to just really get something great out of this because I'm also interested in your work and learning more about you. So thank you for coming on with us today. So we all share in common that we all got our MSWs at UNC Charlotte. Um, Miriam was a couple years behind Michelle and I, but I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Miriam. I've read lots about her um, and we have a common, a Roger Seclupe in common. So um, I was, I asked, reached out to Roger, shout out to Roger and said, Hey, can you put me into contact with Miriam? Because I think she would be incredible to interview in this second season of Spark Sessions. As you all know, with Spark Sessions second season, we have been focusing on social workers as bridge builders and how sometimes we are um, either in industries that other people wouldn't imagine us to be, or we stand in the gap between two sides and try to bridge uh, bridge between the two. So um, let me tell you a little bit about Miriam before we get started. Miriam is um, an MSW and she also has her LCSW. Like I said, she graduated from UNC Charlotte School of Social Work in 2013. She's the co-founder and director of community engagement at Radal Hospitality LLC. And if you're in the Charlotte area, you may be familiar with um, this hospitality a group because they own Sabor Latin Street Grill, Three Amigos Mexican Grill and Cantina and La Caseta. And I was telling Miriam before, um, my boyfriend and I are enormous fans of Sabor. In fact, eat there <laughs> maybe twice a week. So um, a little bit else about Miriam outside of what she's doing uh, with Radal Hospitality. She also serves on several Charlotte area boards, including Leading Our Opportunity and the Charlotte Bilingual Preschool. So Miriam, thank you again. Welcome to Spark Sessions. So like I told you, and we, we talked about what we're doing this season, and I just really love to hear from you, Miriam, is you know, when we think about the hospitality and food industry, we don't necessarily think about, oh, this is a place where social workers might show up. So I would just, I just, can you tell us a little bit about how this came about, how your work came about, and how you're using what you learned um, in graduate school and as a social worker in, in your training um, in your current role? Yeah, so it, you know, it's, it's been a journey, I'll say that. Um, we opened our first restaurant, which is the Amigos in 2010, which is actually when I started doing my MSW. <laughs> so from the beginning, I was, you know, very intrigued on like, how can I, you know, uh, combine what I'm learning in this program with the restaurant business, being that that seemed like the route, you know, my husband and I were going as far as building our roots here in Charlotte. 
And from the beginning, I was, you know, I wonder how I can, you know, either serve as connecting to resources or how, you know, just how everything I'm learning as far as advocacy, as far as creating opportunity, inequities, how that can be part of the restaurants. And I kind of sat on that for a while, graduated, um, went you know, forward to get my license and still was thinking, you know, how, how can I do this? And in between, I had children. In between, we opened restaurants. We have failed restaurants. So in between, a lot of things happen. So I think the big turning point for me or the big pivotal moment was um, when we had the crisis at the border with the kids being separated from their families in 2017. The kids being separated are actually from my country, from El Salvador. And, you know, everything inside of me was like, these are not just kids for me. These are my kids. These are, you know, people from my country. And, you know, I was just, you know, my parents made a decision for me to bring me to this country at this young age that mm -hmm. if they didn't do that, I probably could have easily been one of those kids, you know, mm -hmm. or a family separated from their kids. And, you know, that really took me on, like, how do I connect to the community to learn about resources, to learn about what is going on and how can I connect the restaurants? Um, so that's when really my role was born or created. And I just started meeting with different community leaders. I learned about, you know, Charlotte's 50 out of 50 for upward economic mobility. And there was a huge need for um, um, the workforce. So I'm like, well, I'm an employer. Uh, I wonder how I can help. And, you know, that's how it, it became a thing, you know, that I'm like, I wonder if this is going to be temporary, but I'm in it now, what, five years? And it's just evolved, you know, I've been able to have interns, um, you know, so it just has evolved into so many different spaces. Can I just say that I love the fact that you just showed us that social workers can really create whatever they want to do. And I think that we sometimes forget about um, the marketability of who we are and our training. And I know, you know, Chris and I probably talk a lot about this in our classes with our students. Like we have to stay outside of that box. And it's even more pressing in the times that we live now. So I honestly had no idea that that's how you really got started and sort of bridged together your training, your skills, your passions, your own lived experiences to bring the community together. And I just, I'm like, this is the light bulb moment because we can work in so many spaces and do things in so many spaces that nobody even thinks about. This is definitely not one area that I thought about. And I love it. I love it. Me too. And I was sitting here thinking, you said, like, how can I help? Like that was, and I think that that is some, sometimes for folks, that's an innate question that they ask based on who they are and maybe how they were raised or what their values are. But I also believe that in social work, it's kind of what we learn too. Like, okay, there's a problem. There's an issue. There's a social injustice. There's a crisis at the border. Like I'm compelled to, to help. Like, what do I do? So I love that, that you also just asked that question. And then not only did you ask the question, but then you, you kind of formed a, an, an entire role. Yeah. And you know, that, that is great to highlight about social work, how we are trained to think outside the box, um, you know, to think about where can I best use my skills. And, you know, for me going into social work, it was part of that, like, you know, how can I be a service of, to others? Um, you know, especially being that I'm bilingual, I'm like, how can I help, you know, people who, who need somebody um, to speak the language or that looks like them, 
Um, you know, and and just thinking about that and use it in, in, in the hospitality industry, which again, you know, I never thought this would be the thing I was doing. Um, but it, it's so needed. Um, you know, people in the restaurant industry, especially, you know, after 2020 and before that, you know, people were dealing with stuff before 2020. 2020 happened, you know, we were the essential. We've never closed. You know, employees had to come to work, uh, had to figure out childcare, and so much, so many resources were needed during that time. So it was, you know, it, it definitely gave me hope that I was able to be in this role and and be able to connect people to resources. We also think about like, you know, the work that you are doing, um, the Latinx community and immigrant communities and how, you know, when we talk about individuals, often as individuals that are in these um, positions of service, it oftentimes are those individuals. And what we saw in 2020 was that it's not, you know, the social work educators that make the world go round. It's the individuals that are working in service to others. And I, th- I think we, we can't not make that connection between the fact that so many of the individuals that are work in service industry are also immigrants. And that's an, a huge and important um, group of individuals in, in our, for our economy. And for our, we wouldn't, we couldn't exist. We couldn't do anything. And I think we saw that in 2020 for sure. Definitely did. (laughs) For sure. And I also love the fact that you, you know, when you think about community engagement, I mean, you're bridging out to other, um, you're brokering resources for not only the community that you serve, the community that you employ, the community that you live, and really bridging those partnerships, you know, to think about what is best for you know, the people that also work for me and you and your husband's business. And I think that that is great Um, because I, again, wonder often, you know, unless we come in contact with people in the service industry and other organizations, like they're brought to us, whether it's mental health, whether it's child welfare, whether it's economic support, um, that we may not interface right? With a lot of people. And you are seeing people every day in your different restaurants. And these are families. These are, these are people who live in the community, who, who bring to the community. And I'm, I'm thinking that you're able to meet them in places that maybe they would normally not go seek out support. Can you talk to us just a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, that, that, I think that's a unique part of this, that, people are able to build that relationship in a different way, right? So I am their employer, but they also know that we are, I mean, it takes time, you know, it's not from one day to another for to build that trust, Mm -hmm. um, to build that trust that they know that, okay, I could come to my employer and let them know I'm facing, you know, some housing insecurity, and they're going to still humanize me, they're still going to see me as I am, you know, and for me, when when an employee comes to me and feels they have that ability to be vulnerable, um, for me, it makes all this worth it, you know, because I'm like, yes, like, this is what we're here for, you know, and, and part of what I've seen, too, is that it just helps um, reduce the barriers to them accessing the service, right? Because, you know, when you're in social work, or you start working with a lot of agencies, a lot of the times what happens is that there's all these great programs, but people have a hard time accessing them, right? It could be because of language, it could be because they have to call and now they left the voicemail and they don't know if somebody's going to call them back. So 
being able to have me in between or being a liaison or navigator that I'm like, oh, you need that help. Okay, let me email this person to see how I can connect you. Like that automatically helps reduce a lot of the barriers. Um, you know, and uh, you know, not, not always I'm able to connect them to something because services are limited or, you know, there's eligibility and all this stuff that, that needs to happen. But at least being able to show that let's try this, you know, or let's think about that. Um, I can see that it helps with retention, you know, and it helps uh, just a person to feel that sense of security or be able to come to someone. Yeah, you said a whole lot there that I really love, like humanizing people. You know, it doesn't matter what industry that we work in. We are humans. And I know the worst thing about working for an employer is not feeling valued and not feeling supported. And, you know, I'm sitting here, my brain is turning like all the big um, hospitality management companies really need to learn from what you're doing to ensure that we're supporting you know, um, people in industry in the way that you are. And you talked about some barriers, which when we think about barriers, we also think about you know, being faced with a lot of social work ethical dilemmas is what we call them in our, in our work. So is there anything that you wanna share with us um, or a situation where you know, that you find that you're faced with ethical dilemmas a lot in your role? You know, I think the main one is, you know, teasing out when I'm an employer and when I'm a social worker. Um, so, you know, not going into specifics, just, you know, to, to not uh, focus on a specific employee, but it could be, you know, an employee that I know has tons of barriers, you know, that I, we, I've done referral for various different things. And the employees are now also having conflict with other employees, right? Um, so we, you know, we talk through like, hey, this is proper behavior. This is, you know, how you behave with coworkers. This could be misinterpreted as, you know, being, um, making somebody feel unsafe, you know, in, in different ways. Um, so I guess the hard part is when I know that the person is struggling, you know, with something that it could be a, an ongoing mental health um, diagnosis that they've dealt with all their life. And, you know, I have, you know, empathy towards that, but then at the same time, you know, I have to think of safety for my other employees, you know, so that's where it gets like, I want to, you know, I want to keep giving you a chance, but if it, if it gets to a point where, you know, maybe this is not the best employment setting for you because you are with other employees and you're having a hard time, um, you know, just with keeping those boundaries, that's where it gets difficult because I'm like, now this person might end up facing again, you know, either homelessness or something, but it, you know, that, that's where it gets really hard. I can imagine that would get really hard, especially, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, that we're social workers first, but it's, I think it's interesting in your role that maybe not always, right? Like you have to really tease that out and, and pay attention to, to which hat you're wearing at that point. So I appreciate you, you teasing that out a little bit. Um, I want to talk about another hat that you wear in terms of your board service and what you're doing on, uh, leading on opportunity, Charlotte Bilingual Preschool, and there's a couple other ones, Social Serve, I think I saw um, in your bio. Can you talk to us a little bit about kind of um, what led you to, to, to branch out to serve on those boards and kind of how maybe that also keeps you connected to social work? Um, so, you know, I think in my case, it was because I put myself out there to meet other community leaders 
Um, you know, and I highly, honestly, for any social worker at any space that they are in, I highly recommend, you know, just going to meetings, meet people, because um, that's what I did. You know, I, I decided, you know what, I need to go sit in and hear what's going on in the community. Like, I, I need to know. I don't want somebody to tell me, I don't, you know, I don't want to just read uh, a press release on whatever it is that's going on. So I just started meeting people. I started sharing my story. I started sharing my passion. And just through meeting people, they're like, you know, you would be a, a great person to sit on this board. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I started understanding what different boards were, what the roles are. And I, and I got invited to mainly because I was a social worker. That was like the main reason they're like, you know, we need somebody to have that perspective, um, you know, representing um, women in business, representing immigrants, you know, just all these different spaces that I could represent um, is the reason I've been pulled in. And, you know, just being able to sit there and hear the different perspective is also refreshing for me, because sometimes, you know, we, we can get tunnel vision, if we're just, you know, doing our role, and, and we get sucked into it, that we forget that there's, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzles, you know, so just being in spaces that um, either my perspective is being challenged, or I get to challenge somebody else's, um, with the heart, you know, of, of building community of, of really um, having some type of, of impact on, on the inequities that, that we face. Um, I think that's what draws me to it. And, and I do feel that a social worker really brings a different perspective in those meetings. Absolutely. I, I think that's, it's crucial. And I, I love the other thing that you talked about um, is about all of the identities that, and all the, the spaces that you occupy, right? So of course, in social work, we talk a lot about intersectionality and how we all show up as, as a conglomerate of all the things that we are, right? And all the all the spaces that we occupy. And um, I just appreciate the fact that you that you're speaking about that and about how, you know, I can occupy all of these spaces and I bring a social work perspective, but that you're also open to hearing, okay, so what is it, you know, what's going on in the banking world? Like, and how does that affect, you know, not only in my clientele, but also in fact uh, affects my our business and our employees. And just keeping that perspective, but also kind of like your thumb on the pulse of the community is also what I hear. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I think that, um, you know, sometimes when we get into the macro space, you know, that we start programming, you know, creating, uh, you know, these are the best practices for X, Y, Z. Sometimes we lose track, you know, and it happens to all of us. You know, we, we, all, we all can lose sight of, you know, how it's impacting directly the community can they really access what you're you know what you're creating for them you know have you invited them to see how it really affects them um you know so that you know when I sit there that's the hat I I really like to wear that's the perspective I like to have because like I said you know when, when we start getting macro sometimes we can lose sight of, of the individual mm. and that's a great way to bridge it and I love that also because I think sometimes um, I'll even speak for myself that, you know, how comfortable are we in being in other spaces? And I think that social workers being in other spaces is probably one of the biggest lessons that we can learn when we talk about decolonizing social work practice and really like bringing back and deconstructing things. And you, you really said it in a way that I heard it like 
we have something to bring. And sometimes we being on those boards is going to be the way that we can hear other perspectives. We can get a full picture of what's going on. Then we can share the perspective that they may never hear in other ways. And so I also hear that we have to step out of our comfort zones and maybe not be so afraid to be in those spaces and, and share our expertise, you know, on behalf of the work that we do. And like you said, centering the communities and making sure that we're keeping communities at the center of the work and everything that we're doing, you know, like you said, doesn't always connect from A to B, right? And so I love that you said that. And that is something that I think um, I'm going to take away from this to even talk more about with students and figure out how do we really become more community engaged. And I think serving on boards is is a great way to do that, for sure. Um, I think that 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 is amazing. Um, the next thing that we kind of wanted to just talk about, because I feel like I'm learning so much um, with what you're doing and um, would love to even, you know, just think about other ways that we can engage you in some work because I'm just really excited about community engagement. But um, you've talked about the disparities, you've talked about inequities, you've talked about serving, you've talked about bridging, um, being there for your employees, um, meeting gaps and meeting needs. Um, when things get tough, um, what really keeps you hopeful in the work that you're doing in your role? What keeps me hopeful is um, when I'm able to connect one-on-one -on -one with employees, as I mentioned before, when I'm able to see that um, that trust was built and somebody came to me and I was able to share the knowledge I have or share the resources I have with them, you know, because I, I have the access and now I can be, you know, that bridge since we're using that word, you know, that bridge for them. Um, so that really keeps me hopeful, especially when I see my employees, you know, like I could give one example. We have one employee that she's been with us from the beginning um, and she, you know, has has grown so much with us. And she recently bought her first home. And that brought me so much hope because she's been with us now, what, like 12 years and she's had children in between. She's come to me, you know, I, I need help with with mental health or I need help with resources I need help with housing or whatever it is is random stuff and I'm able to show up and be like okay look here's the link for that and you know those tiny steps have helped her you know leverage and in a way you know start building wealth for her family because we know that owning a home is one of the ways you build wealth you know um so that brings me hope um but the other part that really brings me hope is when I'm sitting in the boards and I hear the passion of all the board members um, even if we may disagree, even if we see things completely different, we're, we're all there because we care and we are passionate. Um, and we all realize, you know, that we have a, a crucial piece in, in, in the work that we're doing, whether it's, you know, leading on opportunity and the work that is being done with, you know, it's, 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 leading on opportunity is, is a huge, you know, massive uh, thing to, to piece apart. And, it, you know, and, and it gets complicated and we have lots of voices, you know, and, for me, I guess the challenge um, is sometimes speaking out because I'm naturally a, a very quiet person and I process and then I think, you know, react and then there's there's a lot of voices. But what brings me hope is when I see the passion, even if I disagree with them, it's just, okay, people are engaged. People who are key players in the community are part of this. And that brings me hope to, to believe that 
even though we're not, we haven't arrived and there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of inequities and disparities that, that we need to address, something is being done about it. You know, and, and that really brings me hope. I love that. I, I, I love the fact that you're talking about passion, even when you don't agree. Because I think it's so easy for you um, appreciate someone's passion when they're on the same side as we are of an, of, of an issue. Right. But to truly, um, to truly live up to our standard of dignity and, and worth of every human, the passions of other people, we, we, we have to find some way to, to allow the space for that. Right. Even when we don't agree about that. So I really love how you're talking about trying, you know, to find common ground or at least appreciate the passions that, that other people bring to the table. I'm, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, and this is a question that, you know, we normally let our, give our um, guests kind of a heads up. These are what we want to talk about, but um, if you, if you'd allow me to just ask this question um, that we didn't talk about before, I want to hear, like, if you were, if you were able to speak directly to social work students right now, if, if they're listening to this, podcast, what do you want to say to them about stepping into this career? What, do you, what, what would you want to, what would you want them to take away from, from what is, what's coming for them? I would say, you know, really dig into what brought you into social work in the first place um, and not lose sight of that, you know, whatever reason, you know, whether it was because you've been through something that you identify with and you're like, I really want to work with this population or because you've had great social workers in your life, you know, whatever it is that brought you here um, and, and kind of roll with that to kind of mold your passion or your, your career in what spaces you might want to go into. And I think the training we have really molds us to fit into any space and especially in the world that we're living in now that, you know, we've been in crisis mode, we've been in survival mode. Um, you know, if we're thinking Charlotte specifically, you know, is a city that's growing, affordable housing has changed. I mean, we have so much that has changed that there is a space for you. <laughs> there is a place you can have impact, um, you know, and then it's just finding that, you know, that, you know, that niche, you know, what was that thing that drives you and, and, and I really think right now, and this is just for me sitting on in different spaces, even the corporate world, you know, is thinking differently how they engage their employees or, you know, how they engage community in general, that I think there is so much space um, that we can take, you know, and, and, our, and our voice is needed in so many different spaces and, and our, you know, our work is needed. The perspective we bring is extremely unique. Um, so don't, don't doubt the profession. Um, you know, don't, don't devalue it either. You know, don't think I can only do X, Y, Z. Um, no, there's so much you can do. There, there's so much. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, I wish like, though I've, and my career has been wonderful and I've learned so much through it. Like this perspective that you're sharing with me today, like as someone who's been in the field for quite a long time, is so nice and fresh. And I, I just mm. appreciate your your perspective and and the lens by which you view our work and um and it just feels expansive to me which i think is really refreshing so i just want to thank you for 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 giving me that perspective today i agree i think it's needed and especially for many of us that have been in the field for so long 
that maybe are not able to see those fresh perspectives. I mean, we meet with students a lot. So we, we see a lot of that energy and that and different perspectives. But I think that we're at a place where we have to sort of rethink um, and we have to grow and we have to expand. And I really love um, your message uh, that you that you gave us today. Lots of takeaways for me. I'm just um, so grateful that our, you know, that you are brought to this space and that you could share this with us. I really right now don't know anyone else doing the work that you're doing in this capacity, um, Miriam. And I hope that you are able to um, bring that in front of other spaces and places that need to hear that. And if there's anything that Chris and I can do to help um, expand that for you, um, we are more than willing to have those conversations because I think it's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. It's crucial. And I just, yeah, just, I'm just kind of blown away right now, honestly, just to think about how you've been able to take, to take your skill set and then the opportunity to, in entrepreneurship, which is not an easy thing in and of itself, and then meld the two and then to do so much work within the community in a fairly short amount of time. And um, I just, my hat's off to you for sure. Thank you. And, you know, it's always great to be with social workers and, you know, one thing I, I always like to send her back to is, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in this space that I'm in because a lot of people did a, a lot of work before me. You know, mm-hmm. my, my parents made sacrifices. You know, we separated for six years um, from, you know, I lived in my country and they were here. Um, I was raised by my grandparents. You know, I feel like a lot of people made choices that helped create a path for me and and, you know, that that's really also another motivation for me. You know, I, I was born into a place that I shouldn't, that remotely, there's no way I would be where I am today. Like, yeah. there's no way. So a lot of people made choices. You know, my, my grandpa was a pastor and he raised me and he was a service man, you know, that really went out into the community and, and, and gave to others. So I think those little seeds stay. And again, that's where I go back, you know, for social workers, think about what is it that brought you here? Yeah. And I, I think about like, I got cold chills when you were talking about your family, because I, I, I that resonates with me as well. Um, and I think about when, you, when you're sharing that, I also think about how like, in advocacy, we can forget that it's a long term goal, right? So like, we're planting seeds that we may not necessarily see the fruition of. So the work that you're doing with individuals and some of your employees, you may be able to see some of that. But also, it might take years for other things to happen when you're talking about like leading on opportunity and how large of kind of a, a machine that is right. And everything that's, that's that we're trying to do in Charlotte to make this place better for everyone. It's sometimes it's, it's a long-term game that we're playing. So I want to make sure that everybody knows how to find your uh, delicious food, Miriam. Will you share <laughs> your, uh, your, where people can find you on social media or your website or however you'd like for people to connect with, uh, with what you guys are doing? Um, I mean, we do have a website for Reagan Hospitality. Again, that's just the, the parent company, but there are links to our different concepts there. But it's very easy if you just search uh, Savor Land Street Grill. Uh, we do have about 19 locations. We do have one in the Bank of America Stadium, too, which we're very excited. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Um, Three Amigos. Currently, we have through, uh, two locations as well. Um, and that one, you could just you know search Three Amigos Charlotte, and it should pop up. Uh, like I said, that, that's our newest concept. And um, that one is kind of dear to my heart because we took my mom's recipe for pupusas, which is a dish yeah. from my country. 
and the logo has her face. Um, oh, I love that. Her, she has owned her pupusa shop in Queens, New York for about 25 years now. So that one is very dear to my heart. And, um, and today uh, there was a press release that we um, now own Saru, which is a Japanese restaurant right next to La Caseta in, in Camp North End. A very okay. So now I know. Now I need to go back to Camp North End. It's been a minute. So, La Caseta is next on my list. I can't wait. And to I try. can't wait. I can't wait to come visit uh, Charlotte and, and taste all the yumminess. But that's great. Lots of growth um, for you all, which means you know I'm I'm a, a spiritual person in a lot of ways, and I just think about all the great things that you're putting into the community, and you know what is coming out, um, and that you're growing, and I believe that that growth is just going to allow you to touch more people and interact with more people and be the interface um, there with the community. So yes, best wishes to you, Miriam. And we cannot wait to uh, keep in touch and hear about all the great things that you're doing. Thank you. This was so much fun. I mean, I really appreciate being here with you. Uh, it was our honor. And um, like I said, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be in one of your restaurants probably in the next three days. So <laughs> Miriam, thank you again for everything. Thank you for everything you're doing in our community. Thank you for the work and love that you're pouring into all of your work, whether it's with individuals, whether it's the food, whether it's the building of bridges and relationships. You are a true example of what social work is and can be. And I'm just real honored that you're a colleague of ours. So thank you again for being here today. Are you a social worker that would like to be featured on season two of Spark Sessions podcast or know any social workers who are out there turning advocacy into action? Please let us know or just keep in touch. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Spark Sessions podcast or Twitter at Spark Sessions pod.